0: Today on Telling the Truth, Stuart Frisco shares how you can live the Christian life when you're fueled by faith in Jesus. But first, when your hope is tied to God, even the most troubled times can strengthen your faith. We want to help you find strength in times of discouragement with Stuart and Jill's five-message compilation, Hope for the Disheartened. We'll send it to you on CD or USB as our thanks for your gift to help reach more people through Telling the Truth. And if you're able to make your gift monthly, we'll also send you Jill's book of poetry, Barefoot in My Heart. Call us today at 1 800 889 5388 and request it. That's 1 800 889 5388. You can also give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, here's Stuart Briscoe with this message faith, hope, and clarity.
1: The letter to the Hebrews is addressed to a group of Hebrew believers who have, have come to faith in Jesus, but they're running into problems. And as often happens, when we run into problems, our faith can erode and they're beginning to drift. And the person who's written this letter to them is very, very much concerned about the drift that he sees in their spiritual lives. And he is encouraging them not to drift because he can see that there are very real dangers. So he not only encourages them, he warns them as well. And what he encourages them to recognize is this, that any alternative that you accept to Christ is by definition inferior. Have you got that? Any alternative that you accept to Christ is by definition inferior. And he encourages them and warns them, that they need to recognize this. But also he spends time showing the wonders and the uniqueness of Christ and the wonders and the uniqueness of faith in Christ. And that, of course, is what the first ten chapters of this particular letter are all about. And that's what we've been talking about under the general heading of Keep the Faith. Now, by way of introduction to this, I want to read to you just a few verses at the end of chapter 10. Verse 35 of Hebrews 10 says this, So do not throw away your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, quote, and then he quotes from the Old Testament, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. End quote. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There' his definition, there's his description. it's a startling. Definition and description. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You'll notice he talks here about faith and hope. And so my title of my talk is Faith, Hope, and Clarity. Because I'd like to bring a little clarity to the difference between faith and hope. Verse 39 says, We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Notice the connection here between believing and being saved. What's the big deal about faith? Why is faith so important? Answer... Number one is this, for it is by faith that you are saved. Here is what it means. When we talk about being saved, and the Bible talks about it a lot, it usually points out three different dimensions of salvation. So that it is possible for a person to say, I have been saved, and then to say, and I am being saved, And then to say, and I will be saved. So you've got a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense. But the reason for these different tenses is there are different things from which we need to be saved. But they all have to do with the fundamental human problem. You know what the fundamental human problem is? It is because of one man's rebellion against God, something was introduced into our world. And this is how the Bible describes it. As by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. Now, I won't finish the quotation, but you get the idea there. The human problem is fundamentally this. Sin and death have entered in to the human experience. And sin in all its manifestations and dying and death in all its manifestations is at the root of the human problem. You know that. I know that. Salvation has to do with God's answer to the human condition, particularly with reference to sin. So, salvation allows a person to say, I have been saved from sin's penalty. Sin's penalty is clearly stated in Scripture. The wages of sin is death. Pretty straightforward. The wages of sin is death. But then in remarkable contrast, the verse goes on. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, to be saved from sin's penalty means that you come into an experience where you have the assurance that instead of facing ultimate eternal death, you are the recipient of ultimate and eternal life. Wow! What a contrast. What a difference. Now, to be able to say, I have been saved from sin's penalty says I do not have a fearful looking forward to of eternal death. I have a keen anticipation of eternal life. I have been saved from sin's penalty. Now, that leads into the future dimension. You are not going to stay here forever and forever and ever. Amen. You know that there is a cut off date for you and for me, for some of us sooner than later. Now, that being the case, what happens then? The scriptures say this, that it is possible for you to be able to look forward to the point where you are able to say, and I will be saved from sin's presence. In other words, I have lived all my life in this corrupted corrupting world where sin and death reign but one day I will be taken out of it into the realm of eternal glory and I cleanly anticipate the fact that one day I will be saved from sin's presence You say, okay, so I'm able to look back and say, I have been saved from sin's penalty, and I look forward and I say, and I will be saved from sin's presence. What do I do in the interim? Just sit around and keep my nose clean? No. I am now called to live in an increasingly developing kind of spiritual maturity where the sin that so easily can overcome me is actually gradually and progressively overcome so that I'm able to say I am being saved from sin's power. Sin is addictive. Sin is habit forming. Sin is self-destructive. If you are dealing with an addictive problem, if you are dealing with a negative habit-forming situation, if you are dealing with self-destructive behavior, if you are dealing with relationships that are less than they ought to be, there's a very simple reason for it. It's called sin. Sin. Now, progressively, the saved person is able to say, and I am being progressively and gradually saved through the counteracting dynamic of God's presence in the risen Christ in my life, I am being progressively saved from sin's power. Salvation.
0: Encouraging words from Stuart Briscoe on today's Telling the Truth. He'll be right back with more on how faith fuels your actions. But before we dive back in, everyone experiences disappointment in life. And when things don't go the way we want or expect, in big or small ways, discouragement can become entrenched in our hearts and minds. But that doesn't mean we have to lose heart or stumble in our faith in life's most troubling moments. And in Hope for the Disheartened, Stuart and Joel Briscoe's new five-message series, you'll discover why our hope must be tied to God and reliant on His strength and timing. You'll also be encouraged as you hear Stuart and Joel point you and anyone who's feeling discouraged to the all-powerful God of hope. Hope for the Disheartened is our way to thank you for your financial support of Telling the Truth today and through March 10th, When you make your gift monthly, we'll also send you a special bonus resource, Jill's most loved book of poetry, Barefoot in My Heart. So request your copies today when you call and give. 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388. You can also give online at tellingthetruth.org. For many, our smartphones have become our social connection. But we want to help you make a spiritual connection with the Telling the Truth mobile app. You can listen to daily programs, engage in Bible reading plans, journal, and share your thoughts and prayers on the community wall. Get the Telling the Truth app through your app store or log on to tellingthetruth.org/ mobile app. Remember, you can also give to support Telling the Truth on our mobile app. Now here's more from Stuart.
1: Now then, the link between believing and salvation needs to be understood for one reason. Okay, if this salvation is available, how do you get it? And this is one of the major areas of misunderstanding in America today. You know what the problem is? They said there's no such thing as a free lunch. So if you try to tell them by grace or you say through faith, they don't understand that. That sounds like a free lunch. If you're going to get anything worth anything, you've got to earn it. If you're going to get anything that's worth anything, you've got to work for it. And therefore they say, no, I want to earn my salvation. Okay, how are you going to do it? By being good enough. And how good is good enough? That is the $64,000 question. How good is good enough? And I'll tell you in case you're not sure, perfect. That'll do it. That'll do it. And I guess that puts me down on the bottom rung. And I got a lot of company. I got a lot of company there. You see, therefore, you don't want to go that route. And there's another route, and it is this. The grace of God offers you what you can never earn, and you don't deserve, and you receive it by faith. We are of those who believe and are saved. That's why you don't drift away from faith. That's why you don't drift away from faith. Now notice what else he says. He says, my righteous one will live by faith. Did you know that it is possible to be righteous? This is something that unbelievers detest about Christians, particularly Christians of the evangelical variety. They say, you are so self-righteous. You are so smug. You think You are the ones who are right and you think you are the ones who are going to heaven and they cannot stomach us at all. Well, I've got some sympathy for their view because sometimes we do come across as arrogant and we do come across as smug and we don't explain ourselves very carefully. But you see, in actual fact, if you know how to explain who you are as an evangelical Christian, you will be able to explain in a few short sentences that you are the exact opposite of a self-righteous person. In actual fact, you are so excruciatingly aware of your sin... And you are so excruciatingly aware of the consequences of your sin that you have called out to God for mercy. And God has been merciful to you. And in actual fact, it has nothing to do with self-righteousness. It has everything to do with imputed righteousness. It has absolutely everything to do with God making you right with him. Not you making yourself fit for God but God making you fit for heaven. But how does it happen? (laughs) By faith. By faith. But I mentioned a minute or two ago that we don't just sit around in the interim between having been saved and going to be saved. No, we are to live in newness of life. But how do you do it? My righteous one will live by faith. You see, this is how Paul puts it right into the Colossians. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So there's an initial step of salvation that then develops into a process. You take a step of faith that morphs into a walk of faith. In the same way that you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, how did you receive him? You receive him as the one who alone can meet your need. Okay, you walk in him. What's your big need? Now you've become a believer. The big need, once you become a believer, is this. You can't live the Christian life. Have you noticed? You can't live the Christian life. It is beyond you. It is beyond your capacity. That is why God has to give you power to be what you're not and do what you can't. That's why he gives you Christ who died for you to live in you. To be the dynamic of his own demands. And you live by faith in the Christ. Who lives within you. Is the enduring and indwelling dynamic. For Christian life. The only way you can live the Christian life is by faith. The only way you can be right with God is by faith. The only way you can actually be saved. Is by faith. So don't drift. Whatever you do. Don't drift. And don't move away. Keep. The faith. Let's see if we can clarify the difference between hope and faith. Notice what he says in 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is a mind-boggling description. Notice the difference between faith and hope. I want to differentiate between the two. I want to bring a little faith, hope, and clarity here. Now look what this text says. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. How in the world can you be sure of what you hope for? And there's only one answer to that. And here it is. If what you hope for is what God has promised. You can only be certain that you have what you hope for if what you hope for is what God has promised. And that's what faith is. Faith is being confident in the promises of God. Faith is having absolute certainty that God will deliver. That the promises of God are immutable, as immutable as God himself is unchanging. And you base your life on that. Here's an example. This is what Jesus said. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise. Twin promise. Whoever believes in him will not perish, number one, and will have eternal life. Build on it. Bank on it. Stake your life on it. And don't drift from it that's what he's saying that's what he's saying now this begins to manifest itself in all kinds of ways Here I'll just give you one example and it's time to stop look what he says in verse 3 by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith will do that for you. Because you don't worry about scientific theory. You embrace them as long as they don't contradict what God says. You begin to recognize how he did some of these things. And you look at that big bang and you say, God somehow or other created all this mass and all this energy and put it in an infinitesimal fragment that is totally beyond our comprehension. And then one day he said, bang! Now there's slightly different terminology in Genesis chapter 1. You see? He's saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. But the point is this. If you believe that in the beginning God created the world ex nihilo out of nothing, If you believe that by faith, if you believe that by faith, that means that God is the key to understanding the universe. And it means that God is the key to understanding you. And it means that God is the key to understanding everybody on God's green earth. So don't drift. Don't turn away. Keep on keeping on and keep the faith.
0: Stuart briscoe on today's telling the truth and he's right back to answer some important questions about today's message but before we hear from Stuart, here's a great resource you want to know about the support of friends like you helps transform the world through sound biblical resources and teaching like you're hearing today because when people understand and apply god's word they experience life in all its fullness That's why we'll say thanks for your gift to help keep this teaching ministry going strong with Stuart and Jill's new five-message series, Hope for the Disheartened. In this encouraging series, you'll discover that when your hope is firmly tied to God, your faith can actually grow stronger in troubled times. And if you're able to make your gift monthly, we'll also send you a bonus resource, Jill's beautiful book of poetry, Barefoot in My Heart. So call today to request Hope for the Disheartened and Barefoot in My Heart as thanks for your first monthly gift to help transform hearts, families, and communities all around the world. Or you can request Hope for the Disheartened as thanks for your one-time gift. Just call 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388. Or you can give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now let's hear Stuart's thoughts about a few key ideas from today's message. Stuart, how can a believer be righteous without coming across as being arrogant
1: or smug? There's all the difference in the world between being righteous as the scriptures uh, describe it and being self-righteous. The person who is self-righteous is somebody who will be regarded as arrogant or smug. The person who is righteous in the right sense of the word will never be seen as arrogant and, or smug. For the person who is righteous is per, is a person who knows and freely admits uh, that all his righteousness is like filthy rags, that he is of all people und- undeserving of the grace of God, and that that he lives in constant thanksgiving and dependence upon him. He, He will continually He's saying, I have no righteousness of my own, which means I'm not in a right standing with God. I do not live rightly all the time. I do not always treat people rightly. Uh, but uh, God knows this, and I come before him humbly and repentantly, and I know that there's so much growth needed in my, in my life uh, before I can ever come across as somebody who is living rightly before God and treating people rightly. In other words, practical righteousness in my life. Somebody who has that attitude will never come across as arrogant and smug. Somebody who thinks they've done it all on their own and that they are self-sufficient in themselves, they not only come across as arrogant and smug, they are arrogant and smug.
0: Stuart, how have you based your life on the promises
1: of God? What does it mean to base your life on the promises of God? First of all, it means uh, you know what they are. Um, Secondly, it means that you know what they mean. Thirdly, it means that you understand how they are relevant to the situation in which you live. And then, it's a matter of saying, all right, I know what they are. I know what they mean. I can see how they relate to the days in which I live and the way, ways in which I live. Now, do I believe them or do I not believe them? All right. And then the next step is, yes, I do believe them. Well, will I trust God to operate on the basis of these promises in my life. Do I trust him to do it? And then thirdly, if the answer is yes, I do trust him to do what he has promised, and I'm convinced that he is able to do what he's promised, then the final question is, then am I going to step out expecting him to do what he said? Put all these things together, and you'll be basing your life on the promises of God.
0: Good words from Stuart. What a blessing. Just a reminder, before we close today's broadcast, when you call and give to help more people experience life, we'll send you the Briscoe's five-message series, Hope for the Disheartened, as our thanks. And if you make your gift monthly, we'll also include Joel's most loved book of poetry, Barefoot in My Heart. Request your resources today when you call 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388 or give online when you visit tellingthetruth.org. We're glad you joined us today on Telling the Truth. Come back next time for more powerful truth that helps you experience life. See you soon on Telling the Truth.